welcome back to another episode of In-Depth. My name is Luke Hardeco and I'm a surf coach at Ombi. If you're new to Ombi, we take a look at surfing from the perspective of ocean, mind, body and equipment. In this podcast, it's all about straight to the point tips, things that you can take away, implement into your surfing or things that will change the way you view your surfing. And this week, do forgive me, I'm a little bit behind schedule, I'm classically unorganized. Um, and there is a bit of a storm blowing, so if there's any wind or rattling in the background, I've tried to eliminate it as best as possible, but hopefully it doesn't come through. I'm, I think I'm tucked away in a hallway and a cupboard trying to block out as much noise as possible. Anyways, let's dive into this episode. So I want to talk about our own training method for the perspective of trying to pass on how you may go about trying to work through some of the parts of your own surfing and that if you're coming up against a brick wall, how do you get through that? So how to get the most out of your training can be really difficult and we're all kind of time poor and the time we invest, we want to get the most out of it. Or do you also want to feel that when you're training and you're trying to improve your surfing, you just don't know how to go about it. So this is also what I'm going to try and tackle. And this is where we developed the Ombi method, which is our training program that you can do now. Um, it's completely free at the moment. And it's also what we've been applying to all of our current maneuver deep dives. So every month we launch a new maneuver and we've been applying this style of training to try and give you that solution and fix an understanding of all the things that are going on in your surfing. So this week's podcast is all going to be broken down to help you better understand how you can get the most out of your training. And it's going to help you go through all the stages and how they connect together. So there's also some previous podcasts and some other guides about how to be the most effective in your training in that video everything to try and get feedback loops and do this kind of 15 minute circuits of everything you do and to focus on one thing. So there's two different episodes on that. And then this is kind of the methodology in that how we apply our training when we want to coach someone or when we're doing this with our online programs. So there's six key pillars to it. And these are all designed to help you break bad habits and cement those new skills. Now, bad habits, really just anything that you don't want to be doing, the way you move improperly, flailing arms, looking in the wrong spot, things like that. But it starts with theory, knowing and understanding. And then we need to break it down with the ambulance, which there's a whole podcast episode about that. But then we need to move into the skill development both land and in the water. This is your actual training. And then we want to add on the trigger words and pattern interrupters. And these are the things that help you make it happen. Things that make it easier to think about. There's a whole other episode on that. And then it moves into finding the feeling, which if you've never felt it before, how do you find it? Only a surfer knows the feeling, but what the hell is it if I've never felt it before? And the final thing, which is where most people get stuck, and that's turning fear into fun. So does it have to go in this order? No. But it doesn't help to have the knowledge and understanding first before you head into any land-based surf training. If you can understand why and what everything is, it's going to help you. So everything after that helps break those bad habits or improves the learning experience or it can identify why you may or may not be getting it. That's it. So why is theory so important then? And simply put, if you're doing training, practicing the drills, or working on anything, but you don't understand why or how this all connects, 
you won't learn much from it, and you're not going to put your best effort into it. This comes back to the whole unconsciously incompetent, consciously incompetent, consciously competent, and unconsciously competent of skill development. That's a bit of a mouthful, but there's a whole other episode on that as well, which is really just that you're unaware or aware, or do you have to think about it or not? And then the other side of that is, can you do the maneuver or can you not? So you can read the full breakdown of that within the guide, or you can go listen to a full episode on that as well. If you also understand the movement or training on a fundamental movement level, so how you move your body, you can feel and understand a good and bad movement to find the sweet spot. So you can understand, does this feel good? Does it not feel good? If I make this change, does it feel better? So we learn through play, but if you don't know or are missing some of the pieces, you're making a puzzle without the original image. It's going to be a lot harder and a lot slower. And then also getting to finding that feeling is going to be really difficult. So you don't really know what you're searching for. With the next step being the OmniLens, I will give a very brief view of this because there's a whole episode about it. But you can apply it to anything in your surfing. And it's just a quick way to make sure you pay attention to the right things in the right order. So you always want to be observing and responding to the ocean first. If you don't look at it and see what it's doing, how do you know how to play in it? Then you need to make sure you know how to do the maneuver and calm the mind. So this is your theory and just relaxing, removing tension. Get out of your head. And this is then followed by relaxing the body and allowing it to move freely so you can send the right signals to your board. If you're all tense, anxious, anxiety, you're not going to move very well. And finally, your board is going to either amplify or mute the responses to your movements. From here, it's a case of picking the right board for the right job. So an example of that is if you're trying to work on your cutback or you're trying to work on speed, both of these come from the same thing. And if you're racing out into the shoulder, you're stuck kind of in a mindset of fear or excitement or anything that's causing you to race ahead. And then when you want to go and do something, it feels bad because you're in the wrong spot. You haven't paid attention to the O or your M is sending you to do the thing that you don't want to do, where you want to kind of be calm, relax, look back at the pocket, sit in the pocket, and then try and apply your cut back there. Skill development is pretty straightforward. It's all about learning the skills and breaking them down into stages so you can build up the reps and work on that muscle memory to develop good habits. This is best started with work on land, which takes away the stress of the ocean and gives you a chance to play with the movement and very quickly work through it at the initial stage. Doing training only in the ocean reduces the time you have and the chances you get to work on it. Doing groundwork on land first works out the basic kinks within 10 to 30 minutes to start properly working on it. You need to kind of start figuring it out. How does it go together? How does it happen if I change this? What happens here? Eventually, as you keep progressing on land, it's then a case of how do I translate this to the water? How do I recapture that feeling? And this is the hard part, because now the scenario isn't so easy. It's not as replicatable. You can't just quickly go again and again and again. Then it's also up to the waves, the conditioning, what's going on with you. But not every skill has land-based training versions of it. And not every skill is going to have a water-based version, although ideally they all will. But the idea is that there's different things you can work on, on land and water both, or just one or the other. And a lot of the stuff in your mind 
may be worked on on land predominantly. Just how can I be stressed? How can I not go into the surf carrying on whatever's going on in real life? And then when you're in the surf, it's like, how can I feel that speed? How can I get more from the takeoff? How can I feel a better line? How can I go up more vertical? And some of those things are land and water-based. So if you're working on something unique to you, break it down into parts. Look at it and see how you can break it into a fundamental movement and then how you can work on that movement on land first. How can you recreate the feeling or how can you play with that feeling? Sometimes it's obvious with practicing maneuvers on a skateboard. So if you want to take more tighter lines, more vertical lines, it's definitely something you can work on with a skateboard. It's the same principle of using your eyes and guiding where you're going. And for others, it's not going to be so obvious. So you've got to try and work through that. This is obviously where our training programs come in, but this here is me trying to explain how you can apply some of this to something that may be unique or a unique problem that you're having that you're trying to work through right now. When you do get to the ocean, it's then how you can best break the old bad habit and create new habits. And this is what's really tricky. A lot of us are stuck in patterns as humans. It's how we respond to things. We want patterns. We want things that always kind of work the same and we default to a lot of this behavior. And this is where most people get stuck. And this is when we move into the whole trigger words and pattern interrupters, which is to me personally, some of my most favorite styles of training and I guess how to help people and change things in their surfing. There is a full episode and written guide on this. It is episode two. Um, but a trigger word, I'm going to glance over all this, is just a word or phrase that connects movement and trains the brain to respond and act based on that movement. So it simplifies the process and quietens the mind while also helping train the muscle memory and connecting it with the neurological pathways connected to that movement. The general idea is to come up with your own that connects or means something to you. It has, if it has no meaning, it has no power. So a trigger word to me works for me because I know exactly what that means, but you need to come up with one that connects to you. So sometimes that may be exactly what I use or it's going to be something that you come up entirely different. And then a trigger word can also be a pattern interrupter. But a pattern interrupter is typically something you do to reset and stop falling into bad habits. So this can be something like touching your face, resetting your stance, or opening up your shoulders. Anything that resets how you do a movement and sets a new baseline of start from this rather than carrying on autopilot and making the same mistakes over and over again. Again, the most connected these are to you, the more powerful they're going to be. As the saying goes, only a surfer knows the feeling. But if you've never felt that, how the hell are you going to find it? How do you know what that feels? For most surfers, this comes down to playing with the movement and trying to move more efficient, doing V analysis and asking how can this feel and look better? Because if it looks awkward, it will have felt awkward and vice versa. You need to play with the extremes and find the bad version and find the good version and then the sweet spot where it clicks for you. To do that, you really have to start making micro adjustments to each movement one at a time and just try it out. Go out with the attempt of experimenting, finding the feeling, 
not completing his hands, but fail. Like go out and do a big cutback where you completely fall over and feel like, how did it feel for the rails to be engaged? Were they really engaged or were they kind of just half engaged? And was I surfing flat? These kind of a questions that you can work on and be like, okay, so I felt this when the rails were flat. Okay, so maybe I wasn't moving right. When the rails were really engaged, what did I feel then? How did the board move? How did I move? And then what happened? It's this constant chasing kind of a, I don't want to say a carrot on a stick, but you kind of keep change, chasing this curiosity of how does this feel and how can I make this better in that we always kind of want to feel more, have more fun, and this is where it comes from. And if we keep doing the same things over and over and over and being stuck in these old patterns, we're never going to really improve it or see anything. And the final step to this, which is obviously where most people get stuck and they don't realize that this is what's holding them back, is generally fear, anxiety, or something similar. It can be crowds, boards, uncomfortable, stress, things at home, work, whatever it is. So to move past it, we need to face it. But to be honest, an easy way to conquer it is instead to find a way to enjoy that fear, to turn the hesitation to a full send or commit. It's taking the moment to think about what is holding you back from having a go or committing. What would it be like for you just to do it and not think about it? Or if it was someone who did it, what would they do or think? Quite often that response is they don't think or they just see potential or they just think positively. Like have a go, maybe, see what happens, anything like that. That's not super helpful when fear is loud. So you need to hack your brain, learn to be comfortable falling, not to be afraid to waste waves and enjoy the process. There's a whole bunch of different podcast episodes kind of diving into that. And this is also something we go into with our training programs, but it's the hardest thing you're going to do in your surfing is to change the way you think and to block out your fear or whatever is holding you back mentally. So there's a couple really good examples of, of dealing with this and just getting into the mindset of, of kind of pushing yourself forward and committing. And the episode of improving the consistency of a pop-up, I talk about how you can make different noises with your mouth and you can do a full body sigh or you can stick your tongue out and kind of make the most obscene noises. When I did that podcast, someone wrote a comment being like, it'd be really good if you like told me what this sounded like. I didn't want to record it, but I will for this. Uh, it's kind of just me sticking my tongue out and going, Bleh. it's a very toned down version. Sorry if you're in the car with this loud or earphones, but uh, I will do that really loud and for quite a bit. And it's just expressing this positive energy. And my body kind of says, go, 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 go. And I don't see signs or any like red flags or red lights. It's just green light, go, body wants to run the full body sigh of like, oh, relaxes you. If I feel pressure, if I feel tense, if I feel like I've kind of got a weight on me in some metaphorical way, that is a really good way for me to just be like, I don't care. I'm just going to go and do my body knows what to do. My mind knows what to do. Just do it. And it's a trick for me to cut that out. If you also then have that uncomfortable moment of waiting for waves, and your mind is running rampant, 
It's how can you distract and calm yourself from worrying about the event that may happen. Generally, the fear of what may happen is worse than what actually happens. That's something you need to go out and feel, experience, the fear of wiping out, going over the falls, and then when you actually do it, it's not that bad. You relax, you wait for it to let go, and then you swim up. Either way, each time, it's going to be really unique to you. The conditions and what you're trying to work on. Just take the time to minimize that fear and make that a fun experience in whatever way you can because we learn best when we play. So bringing all of these six steps together, you can generally apply them to anything you're surfing to work on. Sure, the skill development and theory may not be obvious at first, and that's why we have our training programs. But if you work through the Ombi lens, observe other surfers, and apply these steps, you can begin to understand how to get the most out of your training or how to keep creating new training for yourself to work on. When you do apply this to your surfing, remember to break it down into steps. Make it easier for yourself. Find the easiest way to learn it by focusing on only on one thing at a time. And relax when you train it. When you go out into the surf, it's all about relaxing, having fun. Be comfortable, enjoy it. If you allow yourself to start training and you have the capacity to, to work on things without bringing in stress and anxiety, then you start training in the surf as well. So I want to know, has this helped explain how to get the most out of your surf training? There's in a couple episodes now, you're kind of combining them all together. Has it given you a set of steps to work through whatever it is that you're working on? Or have you been the on, been doing the Ombi training programs and loving the approach that we have? If you're interested in starting our training programs, you can start a free trial. The link will be in the description in the show notes. I'd love to know. You can reach out anytime. You can either message me in the app. You can send an email to info.onbi.co. And also in the show notes, you will find that there is an episode suggestion. So if you have anything that you would like me to cover in these kind of discussions and our weekly email. So this podcast is also our weekly email for Onbi. I'd love to know. Message me anytime. If you've been loving these podcasts, they've helped you, it'd be really appreciated. Just leave a review, five stars, whatever it is, whatever you want to say, just an honest review means a lot. If you have a friend that you think should listen to some of these episodes and share them around, again, greatly appreciated. Next week, we are going to be diving into how visualization can help your surfing and how that if you can't visualize yourself doing better surfing it's going to be hard getting that and when i say visualization think the old school way of, of improving your surfing where back before the internet other surfers had to watch vhs tapes and observe other surfers and try and work it out and this is kind of what i'm talking about and then if you can't visually see yourself doing something how do you do it like uh think about mountain climbing if you don't know the path to get up you don't know where to go you're kind of going to get stuck that's kind of where i'm going to be going next week so until then i'll see you next time